Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Championship weekend is upon us. We got some great games coming up. But I know while they're playing, I know where I'm betting, and that's my bookie. They've been in business for years, have a great mobile site, and they make it easy for you. If you go on now to mybookie.ag, you can put in the uh, promo code SHARE, and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks, even more than that. So they may, you put in 100, 100 get 100 back. And on top of that, they got other things you can bet on as well. I mean, there's hockey, there's basketball, all kind of prop bets. You can bet how many points, say, C.J. McCollum is going to score in one game for the Trailblazers. Carmelo Anthony's back. You can, you can see how many, um, you know, how many points he's going to score as well. So go to mybook.ag, enter the promo code chair. You bet, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, welcome, and it's another Panther Rants podcast, or Pit Panther Rants, another sports rants, I should say. I'm your host, Vlad Harris. This is brought to you by Armchair Media. Take a seat. It's Tuesday morning, and I'm just dragging. But we got a lot to talk about this morning. Well, first of all, Monday I was playing on podcasting, but I spent my Monday after Thanksgiving break. Uh, well, I'm still um, spending it dealing with insurance right now. I'm trying to draw my car off now to get it fixed and, of course, get my loaner car. But, of course, insurance hasn't been much of a help with me in this. You know, it's it's amazing, you know, I'm... Um, for as much money as a month as I give my insurance company, you, you would think they would at least be inclined to return my calls. I mean, I was supposed to get a confirmation at the end of the day about what I need to do for the next morning. And I got no confirmation. And on top of that, my insurance agent hasn't returned any of my calls. So things are going off to a... Um, they're getting up, going swimmingly. If, if anything, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to have to call the customer support, and of course, whatever work my agent was supposed to do, I'm guessing they're going to have to probably do the dirty work, because that's usually how it always goes. But I'm working from home today, so whatever. Long story short, I was on my way to work, my own business. I was in the far left-hand lane, hop, you know, on the feeder, trying to get on the main interstate to uh, get to downtown. Well, as I was driving, a certain somebody, he dropped his car for service and got a loaner from the garage. He went to pull out of the uh, lot 
And I guess he wasn't looking that, and to realize the oncoming traffic was still, you know, coming. So as he was pulling out, an F-150 was coming towards him. And naturally, her instinct is to get out of his way. She did that. She slammed him to a uh, Honda Civic. And he spun around and hit me. Yeah, that's pretty much how it all went down. Me, I'm fine. My bumper and my tail light are out. So, you know, my bumper's still on. It's just damaged. And, of course, the tail light, you know, my turn signal's not working. I just have that. But as for the other two, well, the Honda Civic, the guy, he just paid his car off. It's totaled. Luckily, the way the way you know the events transpired, the way the cars looked, it's amazing that people were not hurt. The F one fifty, on the other hand, is pretty much a total loss as well. I mean, nice car, and it looks like it's gone. The guy who caused the accident didn't want to give us insurance because he didn't think he caused anything. I don't think there was any damage on his car either, but what he did. Cause a chain reaction, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of termination as, as to who did what. I know for a while it, it took us a while to piece everything together what the hell happened. I didn't see anything because I was driving, focusing on getting on the interstate, and I was almost there. It's just, uh, well, I guess fate had other plans for me, and that's called a $500 deductible with uh yeah $500 deductible with you know rent due and after Thanksgiving break awesome but life goes on and for all you pit fans well after the Virginia Tech loss, I really said there's no need for us to melt down. We ran to a hot team. Let's just finish up next week and you know, let's regroup and just finish out the season, get eight wins. Well, our worst nightmares were con- confirmed because the team obviously had to get up and probably play in front of 10,000 fans the next week against Boston, a lethargic Boston College team. That's five and six. That's playing for a, that wants to get a bull win. I mean, a bull bid, and of course, our coach Steve Adazio was coaching for his job, because things started off good for Adazio in the beginning of the season, and then it just, well, you know, because I thought he was winning more games than what he did. Well, it fell apart. And before you know it, he was five and six, and he was coaching for his job. No. As far as the game's concerned, well, what went wrong did go wrong. We um, we kept turning the ball over. Boston College has a feature back in A.J. Dillon, which I said we needed to watch out for. A.J. had himself quite a game, and Boston College also had, their, also had a back of a quarterback, I believe. So, yeah. It was a bad game overall. Pitt was his worst enemy in, its, in the first half. 
Second half, it seemed like Pitt was gonna was waking up, and they were gonna. Um, they they took the lead at one point. They had a chance to go up two scores. That first eight minutes of the third quarter, that was the most critical part of that half. Because if I think if Pitt would have ride the ship in those eight minutes and gone up at least two scores, they'd probably win the game. But that didn't happen. More turnovers happened. And by, you know, by the time Pitt actually, you know, got within, you know, range to tie the game up, the defense gave out because A.J. Dillon ran physical, and that was that. Overall, in this game, there was no Angels. The defense, they really didn't show up much either. I mean, well, they you know, they, they held BC to 26 points, which isn't too bad. But when your offense is very lethargic and it's 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 uh, regressed in the last uh, in this last half of the season, well. Nothing good happens. Now, as we look at what happened here, Pitt finished seven five, and it, you know, people said, "Well, they could have easily won only three games this year." I get it. It's a lot of could have, should have, would have, but it didn't happen. It could have, but Pitt's. Offensive numbers, especially touchdowns this year, was very down. And some people are, you know, saying that the maybe we may, you know, there's some people that are alluding to maybe we made a mistake in getting rid of Sean Watson, which is pretty much one of the most asinine things I've ever heard. Sean Watson last year had two running backs. One's currently in the NFL playing, and one is somewhere on a practice. Is in the NFL somewhere on a practice squad? And not to mention their their offensive line was still halfway decent. So obviously, when you have a decent offensive line and two really good running backs, and you still have some good skill players, you're going to score more. You're still going to score more touchdowns. This year was a lot different. Pitt didn't have any feature backs. None of these guys really distinguished themselves from each other. They had one guy who left. He transferred before the season began, and of course he is a topic to, you know, of today because he has an interview with PG Sports Now, PGH Sports Now, that people don't seem to be too thrilled about. I mean... The passing game kind of improved, but I think it was more by scheme where we threw the ball more. Really, we just threw the ball more. We really didn't. You know, you know Kay's numbers were up because we threw the ball more. That's really about it. It was, you know, a lot of dink and dunk with the passes. And, of course, receivers were inconsistent this year. A lot of drops. If I had to... Um, Grade this team, I would say probably the, the the offense gets a D for a lot of reasons. Uh, just inconsistent all around. The offensive line wasn't good. 
running game wasn't good. I mean, in in recent the number the numbers were up, but um, you know when you have the future back, well. Nothing good's gonna happen. I mean, receiving wise, of course, we have plenty of guys with let it, you know, Taysir Mag, Maurice French. They did their thing. Shocky Jockey did his thing, but um, overall, we look at the game itself. Pitt matched them in total yards. But the big difference of this game was this. Boston College dominated time possession. They had th- almost 35 minutes of time possession. No turnovers, and Pitt had four of them. Pitt lost three fumbles and had a pick. So that's the big difference in this game. Pitt threw, f- um, but uh, there's some other telling stats. I mean, Pitt threw for more yards, obviously, than Boston College did because Pitt threw more. But rushing, Boston College killed us. They outrushed us two sixty four to the seventy one. They won. I mean, they won the line of scrimmage. And the sad part is, is uh, it didn't save. It didn't save Steve Adazio's job. He was fired anyway because of it. Because of how things were. I mean, they're basically a sub seven win program, and that's kind of what Pitt has gravitated towards now. I mean, after um, winning the ACC Coastal and having a really good defense coming in next year and bringing Mark Whipple to improve the offense a bit, we were hoping for more than more than what we got. Instead, we're just in another, it's another seven-win season. It's just stairway to seven. So the season has highs and lows, and it looked like, um, you know, we were in this season on a high note, and it just didn't happen. And now we wait for what bowl game we're going to get, whether it's going on Annapolis to play Navy at Navy, or there's the Pinstrap Bowl, which I mentioned we could we could play, you know, play Michigan State, and our luck, we probably end up... Yeah, Michigan State will be in our doozy D'Antonio Love Fest, and our luck, both offenses come to, come to play... And we lose 45-41. I mean, Pat Arduzzi hasn't won a bowl game at Pitt yet. I guess this will be a good opportunity for him to win a bowl game for once. Will it set the tone for next year? I don't know. I mean, we have a really good recruiting class so far. But the thing is, is when you get verbals from kids, especially in the South last summer... A lot changes. They get offers from other ACC schools, SCC schools that are closer to home. And they may just say, hey, you know what? I don't need to go up to Penn play in the ACC. I can go somewhere else. I can go to Georgia Tech or Miami or whatever, whoever offers me, and go play there And if I want to play in the ACC. Who knows? But as far as um, the upcoming interview with Michael Saluden, I believe is how he pronounced his name. People aren't too crazy about this, and they're not happy with the editor of the um, site doing this. But the editor, I think, 
giving the timing of it, people were pissed off at the staff and how the offense looked. You have to strike when the iron's hot. So what do you do? You go for the interview of the guy who left. And you try to see if you can get some dirt. Which, if anything, maybe he... Um, I doubt you won't, you'll get anything from him. I mean, you may get some crumbs, but I doubt he is too critical because he's got to find a team to play for if he hasn't had one already. So last thing you want to do is trash your former team before you go look for another one. I don't know, guys. As far as the season goes, yeah, I give the offense a, a D. The beef, the defense, I give a B, although I could give them an A. But the defense has moments, too, where they played undisciplined and they gave up big plays. And, of course, there was times where they took bad penalties and they were just unhinged at times. I give them a, um, a B. A good defense would overcome a really, a really mediocre offense. So for them to get an A, they would have to win some games and spy the offense, which, you know, obviously didn't happen at times. I mean, the Duke game, we blew it, and it took the offense in the end to uh, win that one. So I give the defense a B. Coaching, I give a C. Special teams, I give a C as well. I'm just handing out. I mean, basically, Pitt for the most part is a uh, a 1.5 a 2.0 grade average. Well, I think if you do all the grades, it probably comes up to a two something. So yeah, I mean, Pitt this year was a 2.0 student. So lots of C's and D's and B's. So you know, B's actually one B, rest C's and D's. So there you go. Overall, the season could have been better. Next year, their schedule seems a little easier. But is it? I don't know. Matt Brown's got North Carolina bowling. I don't think this league is going to get any, any easier, any harder for, I mean, not easier, not harder. This league isn't going to get any easier for Pitt, especially the conference. So, we'll see. All right. Let's get the rest of the uh, ACC. Virginia Tech, Virginia squared off Friday for the Coastal Division title. And Virginia, as they were picked to win in the preseason, the Coastal, I wasn't buying it. Wasn't buying it all season. Well, I can buy it now because they did what they needed to do. And I I said in the last podcast they, they would win this. Because I figured this was, if there's ever a game to define them, this was it right here. If they wanted to get the, over the hump and win the Coastal, they were going to have to get over the hump with their rival, who they've lost to so many times. And they did this. I mean, in the beginning, they were up 13-6 at the half. They were looking good. Virginia Tech answered back. I was scoring on 21-7 in the third quarter, and they were up seven points. Fourth quarter, though, it was all Virginia and they just they outscored Virginia Tech nineteen to three in the fourth quarter. Bryce Perkins had a hell of a game. I mean, he was twenty to thirty three for three eleven yards on a touchdown, and he ran nineteen nineteen carries, one hundred sixty four yards, 
two touchdowns. The guy had almost 500 yards in total offense. That's how big this game was for him, and he really took the took the bull by the horns, and he got UVA over the hump. Good for him. And now they get to play Clemson. I'm not sure what the opening uh, line on this game is. I'll have to look. In fact, let's look. Right? Because I'm looking at week 14 right now. The opening line is Clemson minus 29. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think I would take, to be honest with you, at this moment, I would take Virginia with, with the plus 29. And the reason why I say this is because Dubbo Sweeney has been really pissed off as of lately about the disrespect his team is getting, and he's just been running his mouth. And I think this is going to be a t- time where he runs his mouth so much they forget he, who he's really playing, and he doesn't take Virginia all that serious. I think Virginia gives them a game. They don't win it, but I believe they're going to cover that 29 points. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. Speaking of Clemson, they, they wallop South Carolina 3-3. I'm sure South Carolina is going to be looking for another, another head coach because they hired Will Muschamp, and I have no idea why. I mean, he I guess maybe because of what happened in Florida. Maybe thought it was a fluke, but no. Georgia destroys Georgia Tech 52-7. No, I mean, it was 17-7.5, but Georgia poured it on because, you know, the football playoff rankings. Florida takes Florida to stay out of its misery 40-17. Kentucky destroys Louisville, 45-13. Wasn't surprised by that. Syracuse beats Wake. I was definitely surprised about that one. Syracuse, their last gasp, beats Wake Forest, 3-30. Duke beats Maryland. Duke beats Miami, 27-17, which surprised me as well. Miami, just very up and down. North Carolina destroys NC State. NC State just uh, fired Huxtable, their defensive coordinator. He was at Pitt. In the Paul Christ era. Yep, he got fired, and yeah, that was that. Just a very disappointing year for North for NC State. Around the around the rest of the uh, college football, we had Iowa being Nebraska twenty seven twenty four. Nebraska misses out on a bowl, so I'm I'm sure patience with Scott Frost is wanting. Memphis beats Cincy thirty four twenty four. Boise beats Colorado State there on 24. Ohio State beats Michigan 56-27. I thought Michigan would cover this. It was the, the spread. It was 18.5, I believe. I thought Michigan would well, Actually, it was 8.5. I'm sorry. They, I thought Michigan would cover this. Nope. Michigan was its worst, worst enemy. They kept making mistakes and kept paying the price. And Ohio State just pulled away. LSU to short Texas A&M in a bloodbath. Jimbo Fisher's getting the same five guaranteed million dollars. So I'm sure he's not hurting too bad. Auburn beats Alabama 48-45. So you know, that takes Alabama out of the picture. But I'm sure people will find a reason to keep him in. And of course, Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State in their rivalry game 34-16. Wisconsin beats Minnesota 38-17. Bader Rump, Kansas, 61-6. Penn State beats Rutgers, 27-6. Penn State played with their back of quarterback in, and it was like 7-3 at halftime. It wouldn't matter. Rutgers sucks anyway, so whatever. 
And that's pretty much it for the top 25. Um, Pit Hoops won their Invitational as they beat Northwestern for that. So Pitt, you know, with some of its struggles, they beat two P5 opponents. And, of course, they put, with Northwestern, they struggled, but they poured out the end. Justin Champagne was nailing shots, and he's been playing really well. They got Rutgers coming up. Actually, they got Rutgers today at 8 o'clock. So that should be – I mean, I believe that's the ACC Big Ten showdown. I think is what it is. And then Friday they got Louisville, number one ranked Louisville. So that should be fun at Louisville. So, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, definitely should be fun. Now let's look at the – Top, you know, we look at the rest of the uh, games for um, week 15. In fact, this is championship weekend, so it's all the it's all the conference title games. So as we look at them, um, let's see. Friday we got Utah and Oregon, Pac-12 championship. It's a seven o'clock, eight o'clock Eastern time. I like Utah on this one. They're on the outside looking in, and I think it, um, they have a really good defense. And I think they, yeah, they'll take out Oregon. Baylor, Oklahoma in a rematch. Baylor, you know, if they if they didn't blow the 31 twenty, um, the, well, actually the thirty, you know, uh, excuse me, they lost. They if they would have blown the big lead that they've blown, I'm trying to uh, figure out what lead that they've blown. They're probably undefeated. They're probably in the top four, or at least top five. They got Oklahoma. So if they want the Big 12 title game, they got to beat the King. Look at the rest of these. The Mac, the Mac, Mac title game, I mean, Ohio is Central Michigan. Uh, I go with Central Michigan this one, I, although I've watched either team. The AAC, we got Cincinnati Memphis in a rematch from last week. As, as um, they they played last week and Cincinnati lost thirty four twenty four. I don't know. I go with Memphis again. Although it's hard to beat your opponent the second time around, but I think Memphis got this. Georgia and LSU in the SEC championship game with Bama out. With Bama losing, we're probably not going to get two SEC teams in. I like LSU in this one. If LSU wins, obviously Georgia is not in consideration for the playoff. But knowing our luck, Georgia will probably beat LSU and we'll get two SEC teams in again, as always. Virginia Clemson. Love Clemson. I think I think Virginia beats the spread. Highest in Wisconsin. This is an interesting one. As uh, these guys face off again, I don't know. Ohio State is a 16.5 point favorite. I think Wisconsin covers this. I think Wisconsin is going to give them a game the second time around, but they're not going to win it because they don't. They never have, have enough to beat these time kind of teams. But that's pretty much championship weekend. 
to wrap things up. Uh, as far as the NFL goes, Steelers are 7-5, and you know what? You'd be hard to find a coach hard-pressed to get seven wins with this current squad, but they've done it. So I'll give a shout to Mike Tomlin with that. This wraps up the podcast for today. We'll talk some more later this week. Anyways, guys, hello, Pitt. Talk to you later.